I love how you don't only make content about video editing, you sort of talk quite macro about the video editing space. You talk about yourself and your own identity when it's relevant to the content that you're making. And yeah, that's why I wanted to bring you onto Off Platform today to talk to you a bit more about why it is you've come onto this space. This is Bella Roberts, a force of video editing nature. At just 21 years old, she's already amassed 350,000 TikTok followers for her content. Whether it's her advice on how to edit to tips about working in the creative industries, on top of being really educational, she's a ray of sunshine on this app. So let's find out more about what she does and in her own words, let's get cracking. Welcome to Off Platform, the podcast where we ask content creators how they make content and why. I'm Sophia Smith-Gayler. I'm a journalist, author and content creator myself. And thank you very much to Brown University who have made this episode possible uh, with my fellowship that I am doing there. So tell us a bit more about what your job is. Well, ooh, that's a, I never have, no one's ever asked me that actually. Um, my job, I, I would say I'm an editor. Um, right now I'm still very much developing my career. I think often when you're on social media, people have this perception of you that you're out there doing crazy things. You know, I'm just like any other 21 year old, just still trying to make my career. But I've been doing this since I was about 13. And yeah, I would say I'm an editor, um, aspiring Hollywood film editor. Yeah. Nice. What kind of Hollywood film? Does it matter? Oh, just anything. Anything. You know, I think my dream is like to go into a cinema and see my name in the credits. And then I'll sit back and be like, yeah, I've made it. I think that's, that's the dream I want. So for people who might have, they'll probably have heard what an editor is, mm. but they might not know the specifics. You can, it can mean quite different things, can't it? So in the average week in your job, what are the kinds of pieces of content that you'd be editing? Well, it varies. Right now I'm freelance. So it could be YouTube videos I'm editing, social media content. Um, I've done a few indie projects. Um, I did something with the West End, which was really fun. Um, so it, it really varies, but I'm definitely looking into getting a more stable job in terms of working at what's called a post house a post house is like the best way to get the best way to explain it is a house where editing happens and so um, assistant editors editors runners they all work there and it's just where things get edited and editing is basically just the cutting of a film when you have editing um, you get your footage um, delivered to you and then you just chop it together and that's what makes a film. If you didn't have editing, you would just basically be going to the cinema and watching hours and hours and hours of footage. Um, but you know, you go to a film and you see all the cool cuts and all the special effects and that's basically what editing is. It's our job to basically turn just a bunch of footage into a film. And I appreciate it's literally your job to edit video, but there are plenty of video and film editors who never make content themselves mm. or about their own lives or their own practice. So what was it that lured you into putting TikToks up? Oh, um, well, actually, I did YouTube for about five years before I started um, TikTok. And I always just love making videos and being in front of a screen. 
And my YouTube videos were like super cringe. I can't watch them. But um, uh, they were really great development for me because they taught me how to edit. Mm. And um, yeah, I just love sharing stories, making videos. And I think I didn't want to wait for people to bring me footage. I was like, well, I can just do it myself. And then my friend introduced me to TikTok in October of 2022. Um, and I'd heard of it, but I never, I was one of those, it sounds, sounds bad, but you know, there's like, I'm never gonna get on TikTok kind of person. I was that person. And I was like, I'm never gonna be a TikToker, like, it's not gonna happen. And my friend was like, just get on it, give it a go. And I was like, okay, fine. And I was originally like focusing my content on Instagram. And then my TikTok just took off one day. And I've never looked back. And I apologize for saying I would never get on TikTok. Okay, I take that back. <laughs> Considering you've got experience on YouTube and Instagram as well, I'm fascinated to hear what you've learned from being on TikTok, whether there have been any surprises. Um, I think the surprise is like, I guess, blowing up. I never blew up on YouTube. And so suddenly getting this influx of like having a community and having followers and people who are interested in me was I think the biggest shock of doing it. Um, it was uh, it's great to have so much support and people come back to watch my videos. And yeah, I think that was the biggest surprise, like actually building a community. And, and if you just keep working hard, like eventually you'll get there. And I think I'm so glad I never gave up with with YouTube, like even though it didn't do well, it did, it did teach me all the skills to how to do social media content creation. Although YouTube and TikTok is very, very different, it was very similar in the way I edited it. And so it gave me all the training I needed for when I got onto TikTok. And my content was high quality from the get-go. Um, so yeah, I think the biggest shock for me was, yeah, having that community and having those followers because I never had had that before. Do you feel a pressure for your videos to be high quality by virtue of the fact that people are coming to watch you because you're giving them advice or tips about video editing? Oh yeah, there's definitely pressure. Um, I think it's definitely pressure because, you know, I think often people forget that, you know, I'm only like in my 20s, my early 20s. And I think often people rely on me for the knowledge. And oftentimes I'm still figuring it out myself. But I think what's important for me is whatever I've learned over the years, I wanted to share with others. I think for me, for me, knowledge is so important. And when I was in the position of starting out in the film industry, I had no clue where to go, who to look to. Um, and I wanted to be that you know, voice and that um, guidance for you know, young filmmakers, young editors, how to get into the industry because it feels so gatekept. And it feels like, it's crazy in 2023 that like, it seems impossible to get into the film industry. Um, and I want to change that. I think it, it needs to change. Like there's so many great people out there who have the skills, who have the talent, but unfortunately they don't know that person to get them through the door. And still in 2023, the film industry is still mostly driven by nepotism, which is a shame. You know, I think there needs to be more opportunities for people who don't know someone in the industry or who they're, or if their dad is like an editor to get them in, you know, I think everyone should have access to the film industry. And I think that's why I wanted to do the content because, you know, oh, I don't know everything in the world, I don't claim to, but everything I do know, I wanna share as much as possible. I mean, fit the film industry is adjacent to journalism, I'd yeah. say. There are a lot of shared experiences in it. And I think you could say exactly what you just said about the film industry, about journalism. And 
the surprising amount of obstacles that still exist despite the fact as even your own career has has demonstrated social media has an ability to sort of help democratize access Mm. in this way even if it's about finding information you maybe otherwise didn't know but also about platforming your work. You mm. don't have to wait for someone to come and pluck your film out for a exactly. film festival. You can just make a really good TikTok and yeah. then hope that gets somewhere. So why is that persisted even when we do now have tools to amplify our work beyond mainstream media? Yeah, I really don't know. It's really frustrating. And I did film school and I remember um, they had everyone in the class and they'd be like, who here wants to be a film director? 99% of the class put their hand up. And I've never had a more blunt teacher in my life. He was like, like realistically, guys, 1% of you are going to make it. And everyone just slowly put their hands down. It was like kind of awkward. Um, and then they were like, who wants to be an editor? And like me and this other girl put their, their hand up. And they were like, you're going to get a job. And I was like, ooh, you know. And everyone kind of looked at me, like gave me the side eye. Um, and I think it really sucks, like... The industry just seems like this impenetrable force that you can't get through. Um, And yeah, it just, it sucks, you know? And I'm still trying to get onto that ladder of the industry. Um, I've applied for so many jobs and nothing's been coming my way. And it sucks, you know? And and I was like, well, if I'm not gonna get a job, I'm gonna try and make myself get a job and put my work out there. And like you said, you know, if no one's gonna give me time to make a film, I'm just gonna make it anyway. Like. I think that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do in life. Like, if no one gives you the opportunity, you have to make that opportunity for yourself. Yeah, it's self-starting. It's like self-nepotism. Yeah, it's self-nepotism. Exactly <laughs> no one's that. nepotizing me. I need to nepotize myself. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly why I started this page. It's like, um, not only do I want to help people, but you know, it's it's also a good way to promote promote myself as someone who knows what they're doing, who's talented, who. Um, oh, that makes me sound so bad about myself, but um, no, but you, know. you you are like you are. <laughs> it's it's really visible from the work that you do, and it's it's one thing being talented and creative, and it's another thing being a clearly normal person mm. and like fun to be around, which is a I think a really delicate balance to try and achieve online. Yeah, no, I think like. I don't know I think there's definitely like those personalities that you find on TikTok that are just like too much and I'm just like chill out you know like I find that everything that I do in my videos it's pretty much the same as how I act in real life I don't ever try and pretend I don't ever try and put on an act because eventually it's going to come out like unless you're doing it for an act and people know that it's scripted and that's not really your character you know the truth always comes out and it's not worth it to like lie or fake it on social media because at the end of the day it's gonna come back to bite you do your most viral videos have anything in common or has it been sort of quite random what the algorithms (laughs) blessed honestly it's been the most random thing um i posted a video about me how to convert um a crt tv uh like digitally like to connect your phone to like one of those really old CRT TVs. That is niche. And and like, it was the most random thing. And I filmed it like just in an hour, just one day. And you know what's frustrating about the algorithm is you'll post a video not thinking it's gonna blow up and it blows up. But then you post a video you work really hard on, you edit it for three days, you script it, you cry over it, and it gets like 100 views. And so 
I think you're constantly changing. You're constantly chasing the numbers. So that's like the one thing I don't like. It's like you get in your head about it a lot. Um, and you know, I, I'm trying to like not let it get to me. But I think that's just the nature of the game. Like, I, I honestly think like TikTok does that just to make you post more content because if they give you a viral video you're like oh i need to have that again so you'll make more videos until you get that viral video again so yeah i'm just constantly chasing it but i'm trying to like step back a bit and realize what's important i think you're right there and what's annoying is they're not transparent about all of that but it, if they were we would stop feeling so kind of persuaded into chasing numbers like you've described yeah but i know for a fact tiktok heats how well a video of yours does if it's the first video that's ever made on an account which makes sense because yeah. you feed someone with the did you know you could go viral you've never done this on social media mm. before you've blown up and you're like oh my goodness so when so i first started making tiktoks in i think november 2019 and i was a video journalist at the bbc and i thought oh i'm already editing and reversioning videos for Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, the website. I was already having to make them horizontal, vertical, square. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, hate that life. <laughs> um, and then TikTok comes along and everyone thinks that I had this like um, strategy to sort of change news on TikTok. And I was like, no, I thought someone was gonna come over to me and say, can you reversion this video for TikTok as well, please? There's all the other ones. And I'd be like, yeah, fine. So I went on there to figure out, okay, how's this thing work? <laughs> is this thing on I was like just see how it works and then my first video I got 1400 followers and uh over 100,000 views having never had anything get numbers like that in my entire life from my own personal account and the pattern you've just described of you go really viral and then suddenly really not viral not even 10,000 views yeah happens all the time and sometimes it depends how valuable that piece of content is to me if it's not very valuable I put it friends only yeah, like, I don't it? want you ruining <laughs> my engagement <laughs> metrics to the public eye um I don't really do that much anymore because I'm scared I've also been fed all these ideas about oh you're gonna ruin your yeah. whole engagement metric if you do that so then I get too scared to do that uh and then the other day I had something do really no, low numbers. It had four or 5,000 views mm. in a sort of 24 hour period. And for me, generally speaking, I know that video will never do well if that's all it's met in that time. Don't know what happened. It's now had over 600,000. It, wow. like, it's, like, it's like a person yeah. or a content moderator suddenly flicked a switch. So I, I hate it. It's like you never know what's going to happen. I remember my first ever viral video that I've ever experienced in my life was, excuse me, what do you do on set? Um, and that was with my friend Luke. And uh, we were on set and I was just like, oh, let me film something for a whim. And I, I cut it together, posted it, didn't think anything of it. And within a day, it got like 200K. And never in my life, like, I was literally, I couldn't even go to sleep that night. So I was like, this is, like, so crazy. And then since then, I've, like, constantly been chasing that. And it's, you know, it's terrible. It's like, I don't want to be doing it just for the numbers. But it's it's almost like this thing that's, like, dopamine effect that TikTok feeds you. It's like, okay, you, you've blown up once, and so now you've got to do it again and again. Um, but, you know, I think ultimately social media is not what I want to do. You know, obviously, I want to do be an editor. And so 
eventually I will step back and be like, okay, cool, see you later. Maybe I'll do like the occasional videos. But it's the same for me. It's never been what I want to do. Yeah. I am very grateful that it's there as this other kind of side hustle for me that yeah. could become a hustle if I lost my job. Yeah. Or you no, know, it could suddenly become a revenue stream. And I'm not currently monetizing my platforms because I report on these platforms at the same time. Mm. So at the moment, I'm keeping that editorial sort of independence and not trying not to let anything get in the way of that. But yeah, yeah, I, it's not the be all and end all of what it is I, I want to do. The journalism yeah. that I do ultimately still happens off that platform. I just happen to put it on TikTok unless it's a very, a story that I found on there. And it's more about the opportunities it facilitates actually outside of the platform. Yeah. I keep talking about TikTok because it's where I found you, but uh, I also put content on Instagram and I've seen way more growth actually on Instagram oh, in the really? last uh, how, maybe six months than I've seen on TikTok. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly grateful for my platform. You know, I never um, want to seem ungrateful for having it. Um, but, you know, I obviously everyone knows that I want to be an editor, so... That's like my end goal in life. I don't see myself being six years old and be like, hi guys, welcome back to my channel. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, th I think it's really great. And I love like having this community and chatting to other filmmakers and chatting to aspiring filmmakers and whoever it is. Um, yeah, but like you said, there's so many opportunities that I've never had in my life because I have this platform. And it's just been opening myself up to so many doors that if I probably hadn't started it, no one would have known I existed. What are some of the opportunities now that have happened? Obviously being on here, isn't it? <laughs> uh, that's, that's number one. Um, you know, editing uh, people's like YouTube videos and things. That was really fun. Um, I'm not allowed to mention who because obviously it's still in the works. Um, it's not anyone big, don't worry. It's oh. not anyone big. <laughs> don't get too excited. Um, but, you know, just having like more consistent work, which is really nice. Uh, this month has been very, very dry, unfortunately, but... Um, and then just having that hustle, you know, when I don't have work for a long period of time, I can fall back on social media and have that. Um, and then like working with brands, you know, that's really, really fun. I've never in my life had a brand deal up to that point. And it was like this whole new thing for me. Or like people just like sending me like stuff in the post. And I'm like, huh? And I'm like, why, why would someone go out their way to send me something in the post? And it's honestly the nicest thing I've ever like had in my life. And then I like, I don't know what to do say or think because I in my head I'm like I'm literally no one you know like I have this platform but really I'm like I'm no one and I think it's important to just remind yourself just like stay humble and, and and really remember who you are I think you can often get caught up in it but you know like at the end of the day I'm just Bella like that's all I am you know and although I make content you know it's not my end goal in life and I don't really want to be chasing the fame of it you know it's not I wouldn't even say I'm famous I'm not I think it's really interesting that you said that because I think being TikTok famous is distinct to being traditionally famous mm. and different things happen as a result of it. Yeah. And you only get it if you're on TikTok in the way that I think I basically sort of missed the U when YouTube was yeah. the TikTok of the day. So there were people I knew of who were YouTube famous but it was never something that I ever yeah. thought I could do. 
And now TikTok famous is the thing that people say. I was I was in a meeting this mo- this morning and someone said, oh, Sophia's TikTok famous. And I remember when they said that, I was like, what do you mean when yeah. you say that? Uh, because I think, I don't even know if this person actually was on TikTok themselves and they've just, they see a number or they see a thing and they assume yeah. it. But it's a weird thing to have pinned to your identity, especially when you disagree with it, which mm. I do. I do not agree that I am any kind of famous. Yeah, and the same. Yeah, but it's really weird that other people see numbers or they see stuff and they... Yeah, it's really interesting. I think my mum, uh, bless her, she's always like, Bella, you're TikTok famous. Like, I'm gonna... She always like, um, you know, when like mum's like type with one finger. Yeah. And like <laughs> she types with one finger and sends it, sends all my videos to all her friends. And uh, I'm like, mum, I'm literally, I just make content in my room. Like, that's all I am. Um, but, you know, I think it's really interesting the way that people perceive you and then the way you actually perceive yourself is totally the polar opposite. So, yeah. Is there any kind of content that you make that you wished performed better? Um, like that the algorithm just refuses to let you get away with? I'm trying to think of the top of my head. I can't even remember what like I've made like in the last like week or whatever. <laughs> so I'm like trying to go back in my head. Um, maybe I don't know. It's I think my content is so random. It's never the same each time. So I don't know. I think I I can never say I, I wish something had done better because it was so random when I made it. I didn't even think to put it up and be like, yeah, this is definitely going to blow up. Um, yeah, I I can't say what I think would. I wish would do better you know I'm I think if that video didn't do well it's probably for a particular reason um yeah in terms of editing on not only TikTok but reels any short form video YouTube shorts as well are you seeing any sort of culture shifts in how things are edited for me since 2019 the production value has shot up oh, to yeah, the point definitely. that I now think I should be making fewer TikToks because rather than filming them on my phone anymore, I'm probably going to start using one of my DSLRs. Mm. Then I have to think about the audio, then the lighting and all these things that I never used to think about. But I feel like, hey, maybe this is also better for my mental health to think of, Sophia, doesn't matter what you want to do every week, just do two a week. Meet two a week and that's fine. Um, But are, are there any changes you've seen? I think definitely, like you said, like the level of content has definitely gone up. Like people shoot on high quality cameras, they edit, you know, high quality edits. Um, they have like those like bouncy captions, you know, I, I can't say because I have them myself, but you know what I mean? Like it's the production value has definitely gone up. Um, I think because people are taking short form content much more seriously and know like it's very strong revenue if you do it well and you like, I don't know, quote unquote, play the system Mm -hmm. with it um and i think you know i think obviously short con uh short form content is becoming like people's full-time jobs definitely not mine but um you know i think if it's your full-time job you want to take pride in your work and you want to make it good quality and that's like sort of how i feel although tiktok isn't my full-time job i want to make my videos look good because it reflects on how i think about my videos and how i prepare my videos and shows that like a lot of effort and a lot of care has gone into my videos um, and hopefully it reflects that to an audience. In five to 10 years time, Mm -hmm. do you see us playing around on all the apps that we're currently playing around on? Mm. 
Well, do you remember when Vine was a thing? Yeah. And like that, I, oh my gosh, my, I'm so sad, yeah, when my Vine got lost, I didn't know it was getting closed, and so all my Vines were gone. And I was like a Vine person. No one knew me on Vine, but I, me and my mum knew me on Vine, and that's all that mattered. But all my Vines got lost, I was so sad. But Vine was a thing, and now like TikTok's a, TikTok is a thing. Um, I heard like they're banning TikTok or something. I don't even know. Um, so that's a whole thing. But, you know, in a few years, it might be another TikTok. Who knows? It's constantly changing. I mean, AI is a thing now. So it honestly scares me the way technology is going. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's just a, another load of apps um, that turns out like it. I mean, Vine is like, what, what was that? Like less than 10 seconds or something? I'm pretty sure like, in a few years, our attention spans will get so short that we won't even we won't even be able to last like two seconds watching a video, and that's what it would be. We're just constantly scrolling on these two second videos. But I remember when TikTok was that, and TikTok was Vine, was and it? the best videos or the videos that seemed to perform the best were under fifteen seconds, mm. so slightly longer than Vine. And then now they're pushing us to make minute long. Oh, I heard they that. love it when we do an explainer. They love that long, fo long form storytelling. Lol, mm. That's a minute long. But they love that. Uh, they also love, they're trying to push 10 minute long ones, which. Oh, yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I don't know why, but anyone no. thought that would work. <laughs> uh, but they're trying to push that. But I just want to quickly come back to the, the banning thing as well. Mm. The if anywhere bans it, be it an organization or a state or country at this point, in currently in time, and we are recording this on the 15th of May, it's because of precautionary measures that are being taken in the middle of TikTok being treated a bit like a geopolitical football mm. because of who owns its parent company, ByteDance. Um, in Parliament, in the House of Commons, the MP who announced that it... Um, politicians would no longer be allowed to have it on their work devices. He described it as a precautionary measure, i.e. there's no significant piece of evidence that suggests, wow, bad stuff is happening now. Mm. But people are worried about it yeah. as a possibility. And Yeah, it's yeah. a shame. I think it's a shame. I think TikTok has brought a lot of good things in my life. Um, and it'd just be a shame to have it banned just for the sake of politics. And what I say is, if I agree with you, and equally, if it disappeared tomorrow, just like you applied all your YouTube learnings mm. to the TikTok career you would go on to one day have, whether we pivot to reels or pivot to whatever next thing comes, all the lessons we learned yeah. on TikTok, they're not like useless. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think I'll definitely tran transition over. I'm trying to get on the YouTube shorts, but I don't like how YouTube shorts is 60 seconds and under. Because a lot of my tutorials are like, the reason why people like my tutorials is I like to go in depth and I can't keep it under 60 seconds. Well, I spoke to someone at YouTube not mm. so long ago, won't reveal who, and they said to me, I moaned about exactly the same thing. Because especially with my content where this happens the most, if it's a report that I am doing, which... I either have to legally cover myself by saying certain things mm. or I have to, it's nuance regarding debunking health misinformation where I can't just explain it in 30 seconds. I need yeah. more time. I just cannot do that under a minute. And I said this to the YouTube person and each person said to me, uh, they had raised it so many times internally at YouTube that this was feedback that creators were bringing. So... I bet you at some point they will act on it. 
I hope it's so. Silly that they're not. Yeah. But I think it's also because did long form video ever do well on Instagram? Hmm, nah. Did mm. long form video ever do well on TikTok? The current ten minute ones, nah. Mm. But YouTube, it is the the home of long form, and yeah. I think they really want to keep the short form and long form separate. Separate. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind. Like, I aim for my videos to be Instagram length, so under ninety seconds. Ninety seconds is a good chunk of time. Um, and I found that really good, but I just wish they would add like an extra 30 seconds like Instagram. I wouldn't mind if it's a minute and a half, like that would be the cap, but it's just 60 seconds, it's just annoying. What advice would you give to anyone, let's say someone might be watching this who's 13, like you were when you first started making YouTube videos, Uh, but someone who's probably still at school, who's probably pretty savvy around a smartphone, Mm. but also has aspirations of doing bigger bigger content and editing film and video what advice would you give them what should they be doing right now I think just start I think I every day like um I get the same question from people being like I want to start whatever channel I just want to do it and I'm like well just start it like I think if you're constantly in your head like I need to get this camera or this audio device or do this script or do this and that and the other to start like you're never gonna start. The way I started mine was I just thought, was like, I wanna film this and YOLO, if it fails then it's bad. And your first video is always terrible. I don't care who it is, your first video is always terrible. And even my, even on my TikTok, I didn't understand the framing of TikTok because I'm so used to shooting for YouTube. And so I totally messed up my framing and half the video is cut out. Um, so I think the best advice to have is if you're interested in a topic, um, first of all, really important to have a niche. Niches are really, really important. That's why my YouTube failed because every video was just completely random. One video I was talking about cooking, the next video I was like, I'm gonna go to the park or something. It's just so random. People don't wanna follow you for that. Um, have a niche, just start it and yeah. I think you can never say if you're gonna do, you can never know if you're gonna do well unless you do it in the first place. What has been cool? I feel like we've basically both had cheat codes into TikTok because we've both come from professions where we had to film for a living or edit for a living. And I got to bring, I had a head start in bringing some of those lessons into filming for sort of smartphone video. Not that I didn't get loads of those things wrong in the beginning, like you said, because every new platform you have to learn how to to make organic content for it. Uh, But what would be cool is we should go through on here like five something like like five things we've learned from filmmaking and journalism that mm. you should be putting into your TikToks. Wait, are we starting now? Why not? Okay. Um brainstorm. I think number one is getting your framing right. Getting your framing right. That okay. is really, really important. Um number two Yeah, but hang on, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. If we're talking about a TikTok, <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, um, where should my eye like? Where should my yeah? Eyes I mean, be? just like uh, some people who like want to be fancy will film like horizontally and then crop in like in 4K or whatever, and then have that so they can have it for YouTube and TikTok. Uh, personally, I know I'm only posting it to vertical content, so I film vertically. Um, and then what I use is TikTok and Instagram because they have what's called like safety margins. And this is like similar to TV and film. They have safety margins to allow for different screens because every person in the world 
has a different size screen. And so they have to allow like a little bit of cutoff point on each side. So when you post a video on TikTok or Instagram, you find that your video has been slightly cropped in. And that's just allowed to make sure that everyone can see your content and play it on different screens. Um, so yeah, framing is really, really important. Framing and just making sure, like for me, when I do like my tutorials, like nothing goes outside my safety margins because then I know it'll be cut off. Okay, I'll come in with point number two. Mm -hmm. A veteran camera person told me that the most important thing about pictures, he said, video, <laughs> is the audio. Okay, I, I have a different debate about that. Ooh. Okay. I love this. Because his argument was that you can film something and certainly in like the TikTok age where you can have an audio bed that can just cover, you know, really poor audio, mm. that's different. If you're doing documentary filmmaking and you filmed something and the audio is rubbish and you can't hear the interviewee who is telling you the piece of information that's important for the story and the audio is bad and you think you sort of react yeah. to it like that, it immediately shuts down the way that you can receive a story. Mm. So, but you... Well, I, I totally, uh, I'll be honest, I totally agree. I think people will watch, like, I, I never ever want to promote it, but when you go on YouTube and you, like, watch a random video, it's like maybe a, like a bootleg or something, you, you don't mind watching the bad quality because it's the sounds are right. Yeah. Um, I'm never promoting this, by the way. Um, but I think, yeah, sound is so, so important. But I think what I'm getting at is, like, obviously in film, everyone has their own departments. So I guess... If you're specifically talking about cinematography or filming, in your case, um, I'm going to be fancy here. Okay, um, do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the most important thing is lighting um, in regards ah. to cinematography. Because you can have an iPhone and have, make that look really good quality um, just by having a good lighting. And I've shot some things on my iPhone which look like pretty good because I had good lighting. Sound is very important, but that's a whole other department. And so if, you know, your video... Um, looks good but the sound is messed up it's not the video's fault you know it's whoever whoever was on sound has messed up that's if you that's what I'm thinking from a film perspective of a big old yeah team. If, if you if you've got the money obviously for a team and you mess up sound and obviously it's the sound department's fault or the sound recordists or mixers whoever it is um, but I think for social media content you're totally right. Audio is super, super important, but I think lighting is equally as important. I think that's. I think lighting and sound is more important than any video camera that you can get. Because if you get like a four grand camera, but you don't know how to light, it's gonna look like you're shooting it on an iPhone. So learn how to light and learn how to record your sound and your content will be great. Okay. Okay, so we've covered in that, we've done lighting yeah, and sound, framing. Yeah, I think we've done like 10 points. Two more. Mm. I guess like maybe your niches I think it's really interesting what you said about that because for my mental health I've never niched down I oh, really I know that I would probably have way more followers right now and a higher engagement rate if I did niche down the problem is I have lots of areas of interest lots of things I constantly work on or may wish to promote and especially because I got on TikTok not that long before a pandemic yeah. occurred. And it became a way, not only as part of my sort of professional journalistic toolkit, it also became how I had fun. Yeah, It became this sort of weird 
limbo space of all this random content in my life. And that does ebb and change depending what I'm working on. But to think of this week, I have a story that I'm working on that when the minute it comes out, I want to amplify it as much as possible. So I, I have already made the, the decision, oh, I'm going to make a TikTok about that. I don't always make TikToks about my news reports, but this week, yeah, this one I want to. Um, then it might be a story might come out or a paper might be published about an area I've reported on before that I'm really interested in that has nothing to do with the subject of the news story that I'm yeah. doing this week. And then if something really fun happens in my life, like the other night, I will make a TikTok about this, the other night... I got invited to the restaurant that's in the menu. Have you heard no about? No way. Really? Yeah. Like the actual one? Yeah, the actual one. Uh, uh, that's a bit dangerous, no? I know. <laughs> and I was invited there with like famous people. Wow. And I thought, this is literally the plot of the menu. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm going to make a video about that. That's, that's so fun. I would watch that video. Okay. In summary, point four, niche down. If you want. Sometimes. I think niche <laughs> down at the beginning. And then once you found your community, you can post whatever you want. That's true. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's how I did it. Like I niche down, make sure my all my content was about editing. And now that I've got a sort of community, I just post whatever I want whenever I'm feeling. Because I don't really care like if it goes viral or not. I just, I want to have that relationship with my audience. I think that's really, really important. Yeah, I think so too. Point number five. Piece um, of advice that you might give. Uh, I would, if you have an idea, we can compete for point five. Mm. One of mine would be always do your research. And this especially comes from oh, yeah. <laughs> if I am delivering an explainer about a, a topic where there are people who really consider themselves experts. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I, as a journalist, I often have to step in and be become a semi-expert just to report the story. And then tomorrow it will be another one, depending on the news cycle. Uh, and there can be people online who really come at you oh my yeah and it's not that you've gotten anything wrong necessarily it's that you haven't said it in the sort of specific yeah oh my gosh I would say that like and then I guess that also covers under like you need a thick skin to be on the internet yeah I think that covers under two like I'm obviously my YouTube was never big and then as soon as I got on TikTok people can say some nasty things to you like for nothing like I'll post a premiere pro tutorial and people will be like saying all these nasty things i'll be like whoa 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 i just posted a premiere pro tutorial like calm down i think yeah just definitely having that thick skin and, and just knowing that people who are commenting don't really know you or, or like care about your content and they're just saying it just to get a reaction out of you um but yeah i think wait what was the other point i've lost my train of thought now. we were talking about um my point was always do your research yeah so. i think yeah research and that i think uh, I remember, because, you know, I, I don't claim to know everything and I just explain it in the way that I know it as. But people will comment like, that's not the right way to do it, da 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 da, da. And I'm just like, okay, sorry, like, you, you make a video about it then. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to comment. And I'm just like, you make a video and you explain it. But, you know, they don't really care, do they? People make those criticisms whenever I click on their profile. So often they don't even put their real name or a photograph Yeah, and themselves. it's all just a fake profile. Or they make no content ever. Yeah. So they are criticising your content without... Yeah, even trying it themselves. I would understand if they criticised my videos and then at least did it themselves. And I'd be like, okay, fair enough. But, you know, I guess, what's that saying? It's like, takes one to know one. Is that the right saying? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't even know where that comes from, but... um. 
Yeah, it's like, don't comment that you know better without at least doing it yourself. Like, I don't mind, like, constructive criticism. But when it's just like, I don't like your content, I don't like... Oh, see, I'm getting aggressive now. <laughs> <laughs> when it's like, I don't like, like, I don't like you, I don't like your content, you're doing it all wrong. It's like, well, you give it a go then and you give it a try. I never once in my life claim that I know everything. I'm just sharing what I know. And if, it, if people find it useful, that's so great. But if you don't want to listen, you know what's great? You can just scroll to the next video. That's all it is. But people who come to my content with that attitude, I learned one of the best lessons this year, which was... Uh, someone, part of the fellowship that I've been doing, uh, that is part of why this whole podcast is happening, said to me, always assume good intent. Yeah. And I realised, as a journalist who often reports on wrongdoing and mm. people doing bad stuff, uh, sometimes I just am so, so much in that sort of sceptical, cynical space that maybe even I don't always assume good intent when someone posts a comment. Yeah, that's so true. But equally some people making those really vitriolic comments on some of my content have not assumed good intent from me and they've just gone straight for the jugular yeah. in a completely unnecessary way and i have a block on site rule yeah. if someone has is being deliberately mean or is deliberately sort of misconstruing something that's clearly not what i put they don't deserve yeah. to see my stuff yeah that's not that worth same, my time that's same i just delete and block and i move on I think it's just, it's so toxic when you get in that headspace of, uh, you just don't want to, you, you should never believe what people on the internet have to say. Unless they say it to my face in real life, if they have the guts to come up to me and say all the things that they were saying online, then maybe I'll give them a listen. But they're coming on here just to, if they're coming on my page just to be mean or just to make fun, it's not even, they're not even allowed on my page. You know, I think everyone should have a right to moderate their own comments, I think. I think it's always that thing, it's like, oh, why are you deleting the hate comments? It's like, because it's hate, you know? It's like, why is it? Why should it be on my page? It's my page, I can do what I want. And also, uh, it maybe it's hate targeted at me, or maybe it's hate that if someone else sees it, might be hurt by it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I'm the creator with the thick skin, because I've had to develop it. Yeah. But that other commenter like might not be, and they'll see that as they're going through and they were ready to post something yeah. themselves, see that, and they don't want to post exactly. anymore. Exactly. I think there's so much hate in the world. Like, the more I can get it off my page, you know, I can it'd be a very small, minute difference, but hopefully it can make the world a better place. And But it's a shame. There's always going to be trolls. There's always going to be rude people. But, you know, I wish, I wish, like, platforms would do better to moderate those type of people and maybe, like, have some verification thing in place where you have to have your profile picture or you have to have your name or whatever just just I don't know like not necessarily like obviously I know some people want to be anon anonymous but that's how people that's the wrestle isn't yeah, it yeah that's the wrestle you might be someone in a country where and you want to post yeah freely about that, yeah. your state but um, I know ex exactly what you mean and again like you were talking about this sort of applying your own moderation to your page I definitely will respond to someone and give them more of my time. If they have a well-articulated criticism or question, yeah. if they have their name and their photo, yeah. it's the minute that they don't, that I don't engage. Yeah, and that's exactly. ultimately, they haven't gotten what they could have gotten out of that interaction because of what they've 
put out publicly of themselves and mm. I haven't really got much out of it either I've gotten yeah. a comment that I haven't engaged with that's exactly. not what I'm on TikTok for I'm on there to like yeah. vibe with people isn't it yeah um, we're just here for vibes I'm just know? here for the vibes and anything else great but yeah that's so interesting is there anything that we haven't covered in no. this chat I, yeah I just finally to add on it yeah I think re research is really important especially when you do something what I do is like making sure all your facts are right before you're sending it out to the world. Because especially if you've got a big platform, you know, it could be really detrimental if you post something that you believe is right, but is actually completely false. You know, you can do a lot of harm. For more of Bella Roberts, you can follow her on TikTok. Her handle is at Bella underscore does underscore editing. For more episodes of Off Platform, make sure you're following me, Sophia Smith-Gayla, on any social media platform. And remember that these episodes are available to watch as well as listen to on YouTube. I developed these episodes while I was a fellow at Brown University as part of a resource I made to help improve online media literacy in the UK for young people. If you're interested in talks or lesson plans full of information like this on content creation, head to my website, www.sophiasmithgayla.com. Thank you for listening and I'll be back next week.